on the A2D platform. And, uh, you know, this is something that uh, I was asked to try and I've never done it before. And it's going to be really rough and uh, tumble for a while until I get the hang of it. But I hope you'll hang in there with me. Um, you might have noticed we're running a little late. We had some problems with settings, but those have all been worked out. And thanks to Ralph, the producer, who did a wonderful job. I thought a little bit about what I want this space to be. Uh, obviously, it's they hired me to do this about the Eagles, so it'll be about the Eagles mostly. But uh, I've been known to stray into other areas uh, here and there on my social media, as you might have noticed if you follow me uh, on Twitter. Um, so, you know, there'll probably be if, if, if the uh, Sixers hire a coach the day that I'm doing the show or uh, the Flyers uh, suddenly uh, become relevant uh, again or uh, if the Phillies have lost 37 in a row or something, uh, maybe we'll dabble in that as well. But uh, basically, we're about the Eagles here. I covered the Eagles for 20 years for the Philadelphia Daily News and in the Inquirer and then last year for a while for NJ.com. Um, I'm not covering the Eagles currently for anybody. I'm retired. I'm 67 years old, but I do, am keeping up. I am still reading the transcripts of all the, the interviews from NovaCare and, uh, you know, following on social media. And, and I have opinions about things and I still process and analyze things the way I always did, even, uh, you know, when I was going down there. I'm not going to present myself as something I'm not. I'm not going to pretend that I'm, you know, in the locker room every day or anything of that nature at this point. I'm not. But uh, I am, uh, you know, an interested observer uh, who has some background uh, to analyze. And I'm going to do that. And I'm going to bring in some uh, some people that I think would be fun to talk to. And my first thought when I was asked to do this was that my first guest should be Paul Domowicz. Uh, Damo uh, covers uh, the NFL these days for the 33rd team site, uh, does a very good job. But for many, many years, Damo and I were uh, traveling partners uh, with the Daily News. And we've been uh, up and down the New Jersey Turnpike, uh, eating at that Molly Pitcher rest stop many a time uh, after Eagles-Giants games. Uh, I'd like to bring Damo in here if I can. And, uh, you know, uh, we can... He can help me out here until I flounder uh, desperately uh, and they cut me off. Uh, maybe bringing Damo in will help. And there he is in all of his Hawaiian shirt glory. Uh, I guess Waylon Jennings left you that shirt in his will, perhaps, uh, Damo? <laughs> no, Andy Reid, uh, let me borrow. How you doing? <laughs> How, you, How you doing, Dad? <laughs> I am great. Well, uh here we both are. Uh, this is not anything I think 15 or 20 years ago either of us would have anticipated, but, you know, Indeed. Uh, Indeed. we're here, though, <laughs> and that's that's a darn good thing. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get into our, our big uh, question today is yes or no. Uh, Nick Sirianni, and we're not going to talk about this right now, Dama, I'm just bringing it up. So get your thoughts Assemble your thoughts on this matter, and then we'll go through other silliness first. But uh, yes or no, Nick Sirianni has a tougher job this year than he had last year. And reasons I think that include, you know, what happens when you're a Super Bowl runner up most of the time. Um, the fact that, you know, the stakes are so much higher now for Nick and he's got 
coordinators, new coordinators, and a rebuilt defense and a tougher schedule. And uh, some people think that that means pressure on Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think things are pretty pretty decent for Jalen Hurts as long as the right guard situation works out. I think they have a great offense. Uh, I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be, you know, in any trouble. But I think Nick has a lot of adjusting to do in this uh, in this situation. But uh, before we get into that, tell me about your 33rd team work and what you're doing and, uh, you know, how you're occupying yourself these days. Well, you know, like you and when I took the buyout, Les, uh, the plan was semi-retirement, mm -hmm. uh, become a little bit more than that. I, I started working uh, at the time. The 33rd team was was kind of a small time operation, uh, Mike Tannenbaum and Joe Banner had started it and it was just a bunch of interns and they were looking for a, somebody to do a few stories. And uh, so, you know, I mean, he didn't even know how much money to pay me. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> he said a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, about a year later, you know, I, I w woke up one day to find out I was uh, now had colleagues like Chris Long and Rondé Barber and uh, Bill Parcells and Bill Pullian. I mean, they went out and, you know, they, 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 they were found financing and uh, just added a whole bunch of analysts, uh, mm -hmm. which turned the site into a, and a pretty impressive site if you like pro football. A lot of video analysis from people like Pullian and, and, yeah. uh, people like that, uh, you know, also, you know, stories. I mean, it's, I basically, you know, less, as you know, they, they let me write whenever I want to, they, they suggest some stories, but it's so, uh, you know, I can kind of dictate my own schedule. So that's, that's kind of cool. nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, they're good people to work for so far. Uh, uh, so I, I, I you know, I, and I, you know, I'm hopeful that uh, it looks like it's popular. I mean, they're, they're, I think I saw during the draft, you know, I mean, they, they set all kinds of records for uh, site uh, views. So, uh, you know, that was good uh, for, for them. Yeah. And I guess for me, if I want to continue to work, uh, the only downside was, you know, when I, when I went, when I took the buyout and was going to retire, my main plan was to finish a book on Sam Mills. Yeah. Uh, the former NFL player who went in the hall of fame last year, still, chipping away at it, but not as quickly as I would have if that was all I was working yeah. on. But, uh, like you, it's like, it's, it's hard to have a big picture project and not see your name and, you know, byline and, and that sort of yeah. thing. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a hard habit to break. So that's well, absolutely. I get itchy. I get itchy at the big events. You know, I'm like, yeah. I know yeah. what I would have written about that, you know, I don't want to do the day-to-day -day work that you would have to do before the big event, but I'd like to just sort of parachute in and, yeah. you know, and, and take, uh, take command. It's very, very selfish. I never knew I was that much of an egotist, but I guess I am. Um, it's kind of like who we are. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, when, you know, when we took the buyouts and stopped writing regularly for the inquire or the day and the daily news, it was like you lost part of your identity. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you, much so. you ended up uh, working for NJ.com after that writing on the Eagles. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I covered that team for 40 years and, uh, you know, I mean, they won't give me a, a credential. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, that's a uh, weird thing about the NFL. You know, I think yeah. if I, 
I haven't checked, but I, you know, I covered the Flyers and I, but I haven't covered the Flyers the last 20 years. But I think if I wanted to go down to a Flyers practice, I probably could. Assuming yeah. they were having one. Uh, with the Eagles, that's not an option for unless you yeah. work for an accredited outlet. Uh, and they're yeah. very tight with that. So, you know, it is what it is. I wanted to ask you, you wrote something yesterday, I guess, uh, about uh, the good news is the Eagles found a good offensive coordinator uh, candidate, Brian Johnson, to uh, to replace Shane Steichen. But the bad news is that he'll probably be one of the top candidates next year and next year's hard. I hate stuff like this. You're yeah. like one of those guys that the day after the draft, here's my mock draft for 2024. You know, <laughs> let us have this year first, please. Good God. Well, in my defense, that, that was one of their suggestions. They're they're big on those. And I yeah. reluctantly agreed to write it. I wrote today it's the top GM candidates for next year. But yeah, it's yeah. uh no, it's an interesting dilemma for for the Eagles, because, you know, you assume they're going to be successful this year, mm-hmm. particularly offensively. I mean, if Jalen Hurts has another big year, you know, Brian Johnson's going to be a guy that uh, is going to be on everybody's list for a head coach yeah. next year. That's true. That's so. very true. I think there are enough problems in the here and now that we can kind of put that one on the back shelf for a little I while. I think so. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, yeah. But I, that was an undama-like thing. This is how you've evolved since leaving newspapers. This was not the sort of thing I would expect to see from Damo. Yes, I'll do anything for money. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so we're talking about uh, the Eagles coming off the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, it. <laughs> I was thinking about this yesterday while I was driving around. Uh, it, we all think they're going to be very good this year. And, yeah, Jalen Hurts and the whole thing. But we also – we know what's happened every time they've been to the Super Bowl, right? Have right. they been real good the next year? They have Has not. something happened every time? that You know, uh, yes, uh, something always happens. Somebody – you know, quarterback gets hurt, God forbid, but it could happen. Uh, you know, so, T.O. blows up the team uh, – I wasn't around in 1980. I have no idea. I think Vermeil was starting to blow a gasket in 81, I guess. I don't know why they, they weren't great that next year. Was there a strike or something the next year? Was that? No, actually, uh, I mean, they got off to, a, I believe, a 6-0 and start in 81. Uh, yeah. And then they just kind of fell flat. Uh, you know, it yeah. never panned out for them. They made the playoffs, ended up losing to the Giants uh, in the uh, wild card. I think it was the wild card game. Um you know, just did just played horribly. Kind of played like the Sixers the other night. Yeah. Um, you know, it. I did a story last September, I think, on Super Bowl winners and runners up and the history since in the salary cap era. And it's not. It hasn't been kind to the uh, to Super Bowl winners or losers. Uh, right. The now, Patriots I, are the only team that really you know has. Yeah. And now that's over with Brady gone. That's. That's not happening anymore for them. Uh, no, but- I mean, there are a lot of reasons. I mean, they're, you, you know, the, the, for starters, I mean, they just play for, for so long that it, it kind of has consequences on the back end. I mean, you're playing into oh, February. Yeah. Uh, you get no rest. You've got, you know, uh, especially if you win, you've got obligations uh, to deal with. Uh, and and you and you got a target on your back the next year, which is why it's going to be so difficult. 
I mean, you, you had mentioned they're going to probably be a pretty good team this year, and I, I agree. But everybody's going to be gunning for them now. They're they're not a uh, they're not a secret. Jalen Hurts is not a secret, um, and that's going to you know be a challenge. Yeah, and you know it's it's interesting. Uh, you can't really think about what's ahead. You know, you can't anticipate uh, right. exactly where problem areas are going to be. It, you're always wrong. I mean, there's always something you didn't see coming. You know, they could have both corners down by week four or something like that. Uh, but looking at this team, it, it's probably a better situation than they've been in. And I, again, I wasn't here for 81, but I was here for 2005. I was here for 2018. And I think 2005, you know, T.O. blew it up, basically, was was the problem. Right. And, uh, you know, there were some other there were injuries. McNabb got injured eventually, and all the all the receivers got injured after To blew it up. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. it was just a mess. Uh, Twenty eighteen, same kind of deal. The quarterback uh, hurt his back, and uh, you know Carson Wentz. I think that was really the kind of the first nigglings of doubt that I think a lot of us had uh, was that year. But they got in the playoffs with Nick Foles and. Uh, had a chance to go to the second round, but they weren't as good a team as they'd been the previous season. They had different injuries. They they tried to hold on to some guys who kept getting injured over and over again, like Jason Peters and Darren Sproles. Uh, I don't really see that this year. They did hold on to some people, but they kind of needed to hold on to them. And they're not people that have been chronically injured a lot. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, it's a pretty good team. It's, uh, mm -hmm. it's going to be... I think the schedule is something people talk about a lot with this team. I wrote something the other day, kind of poo-pooing that notion because I like to be a contrarian. I, I think the schedule is the schedule. If you're a good team, you're going to play a good schedule. Uh, they, they determine strength of schedule based on what those teams did last year, which to me is kind of like saying it might rain tomorrow because last year on this date it rained. You know, I mean, that's not, there's no scientific formula there. Yeah, and it often yeah. turns out to be not the case that, that the teams that were good last year aren't as good this year. And that, you know, there's uh, and there are other teams that you don't, didn't think would be a big deal that are. Um, but had having all been said, we looked at the schedule. We've seen that killer stretch after the buy. Um, yeah. I guess a lot depends on whether they're healthy, you know, and uh, you know, that's, <laughs> something you just can't can't think about yeah i mean you know they were the they were one of the most one of the healthiest teams in the league last year and, and yeah. typically teams that go to the super bowl are i mean that, yeah. because health is such an important factor in 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 being able to to go that far and you know can they do it two years in a row i mean can can the, can an offensive line that i think had i want to say their offensive line lost maybe three games to injury which is incredible. Yeah. I mean, you sure. know, they've lost, they've lost Sayamalo, but that was by choice yeah. now, pretty much. They, they've replaced him with a, you know, with, a, with one of two young guys who they right. think are going to be great. Um, Hold that thought, Damo. We're going to talk about that exact situation when we come back. We have to do some business here with one of our sponsors. 
There you go. Hey, Birds fans, the NFL schedule has arrived and Philly Sports Trips has all the details now. Visit the site phillysportstrips.com. This is sure to be an epic season. Be sure to go there now to make sure that you don't get shut out. Join us in Tampa, L.A., Seattle, or when we get revenge in Kansas City. Don't want to fly? No problem. Gather up your crew and hop aboard one of our signature boisterous bus trips to D.C. or New York. Sign up now and make sure to mention A2D. Don't miss out on the best Philly fan experience anywhere. Philly sports trip customers always stay at the best hotels and meet NFL legends. Book today. We're back. <laughs> so we were talking about right guard and uh, that's probably the biggest question I have offensively. What is the biggest question I have offensively? Mm-hmm. It might be the biggest question on the whole team, really except for the linebacking situation, perhaps. Uh, are you like me? I, I've i kind of had my antenna up a little bit. I think when the season ended, we all figured if, if Jason Kelsey came back, they would just slide Cam Jurgens over to right guard. But they talked after the season. People They were asked about that. And Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman haven't really given any sort of blessing on that move whatsoever. And they drafted a guy, you know, uh, from Alabama who's who's really good and uh, a bigger guy, I think. And uh, I, I kind of think they want the rookie to win that job. And they kind of they're a little worried about being light, maybe on the right side with Jurgens and Johnson. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think you're, you're probably right. I mean, in that they can start to get Cam Jurgens ready at center. Uh, if if Tyler Steen wins that right guard job, um, and, and get get you know get Jurgens ready to replace uh, uh, Kelsey either next year or if something God forbid for his sake happens to him this year, yeah. Um, so yeah, but you know also it, you know I, the way I look at it though it's just a blessing. <laughs> I mean they once again have so much depth, and and not to mention the fact. With that depth comes the fact that their their offensive line coach is Jeff Stoutland, who pretty much right. can take anybody and, and turn them into a star, as we as we saw with uh, you know with Jordan Malata. I mean, so uh, yeah, you're in Steen. You're talking about an Alabama kid. Stoutland's obviously got connections at Alabama. He knows you know he's talked to their people before they even drafted him about this kid. So. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I think they probably would prefer Steen to win the job, uh, just because they you know if if Jurgens wins it then wins the job then next year when when Kelsey retires they got to start moving people around again yeah and they right. probably prefer not to do that so that's a very good point you know when they have a, an injury in season they almost never do something that requires two moves right they always just want to plug somebody in um, yeah. You know, so you're right. Having to come out with a new center and a new right guard in 2024 probably wouldn't be what they'd be looking to do. Very good yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned linebacking. Let's talk about that for a second. It, that's the move that everybody thinks might still be out there, you know, and there's a lot of time left. You know, we're in May. Everybody thinks, you know, free agency in the draft come along and, oh, the team is – this is the team. It's not the team, you know. And there'll be moves going into training camp. There'll be moves during training camp. There'll be moves after training camp, right up until the trade deadline. 
What do you think? Do you think they have what they need at linebacker right now? Well, I mean, Les, as, as you know, I mean, it's it's never been a position in recent years that, that they have felt is vitally important to their success. They've not invested much of their cap space and cap money in that position. Uh, you know, last year, they pretty much never played with three linebackers. I mean, it was a two linebacker, even on first down, they were a two linebacker defense for the most part. So, I mean, I, I think they feel pretty, I think they feel comfortable with the N'Kobe Dean, even though he played only 15 snaps last year. I think they probably look at that as a positive because, you know, I mean, I think N'Kobe Dean's career is going to be the type, I think he's going to be very good, but I, I, you know, go, coming into the league, one of the reasons he slid to them was because people remember with Jeremiah Trotter, he had injuries in college, yeah. and the the prediction was by teams right. and scouts that he probably wouldn't have a he'd have a you know he'd be good, but he wouldn't have a long career. Right. And I think the same thing can be said of Dean, or at least what people think. And by him only playing 15 snaps last year, uh, you know, it's kind of like a running back that's not carried the ball a whole lot in college and now is kind of fresh. So, you know, I, and I like Dean, I liked him when they got him. Uh, you know, I think he's going to be a, a terrific uh, uh, addition there. I, I, you know, I mean, they, they lost white and Edwards. I thought Edwards was the bigger, the biggest loss as opposed to, to Kaiser white. Oh yeah. And the, the, the guy they signed Nicholas, uh, his last name escapes me at the moment, the other linebacker, the veteran, they signed up as a free agent to a one-year deal. Yes, and I don't um, have his name right in front of me either. But uh, anyway, he's probably going to be their other starter. I mean, he's he's been yeah. he was with Pittsburgh for for about five years. Durable. I don't think he missed more than a game or two. Uh, so they sh- you know they probably have a lot of confidence in him. So if those two stay healthy, they're fine. If they don't, you know, then they're then they're tapping people that are basically being counted on to play special teams. That's exactly right. Well, let's get back to our uh, agree or disagree uh, question for today about Nick Sirianni. Uh, I see him as as kind of in the in the hot seat here, not hot seat in terms of obviously losing his job, but I mean, in terms of he has to pull all this together and it's not going to be easy. And he's going to be the one I think, like I said, I think the offense is going to be fine. I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to you know, be in the under the microscope uh, if the Eagles lose games. I think if they lose games, it'll be because their defense doesn't come together or because, you know, this whole thing with coordinators and play calling, uh, which Shane Steichen did a very good job of, is is uh, kind of, you know, not working the way it did last year. And that'll all fall on the head coach. I think if they have problems, I think uh, you'll see a lot of bloom is off the rose for Nick Sirianni kind of stuff. Uh, how do you feel about that? Is he... Is he in a tricky spot? Does he have to be sort of super, uh, you know, kind of on his toes more than he was uh, in his second year last year? Probably. I mean, I agree. There's the, it's going to be a tougher job this year. Although, you know, if I'm a coach and in his situation, I, I'd much rather have the team he has to try to do what he has to do than than the team that with less talent. What's yeah. going to be interesting, you know, defensively, he's basically like all offensive-minded head coaches is leaving it to the new guy, just like he left it to Jonathan Gannon. I mean, that's that's not his side of the ball, and he's not going to interfere too much. It's mm-hmm. it's the offense. The question with the off, the only question I have with the offense 
is you know teams, particularly the teams they're playing this year, the coaches have spent the offseason just breaking down film and trying to kind of like they when you you know they they ran more RPOs last year than any I think any team but I want to say Atlanta maybe they're second most in the league you know teams are looking at that trying to figure out how to how to deal with uh, Jalen Hurts's legs uh how to deal with those you know get keep them out of those third and fourth and ones which were automatic with that orchestrated quarterback sneak you know, I, I mean, they're, they're trying to figure out ways to stop that offense this year. And so that's going to be a challenge for Nick to to kind of counter, you know, what people are uh, for Nick and, and Brian Johnson to counter what people are going to do to try and stop it. Uh, so it's going to be a tougher job. He's got you know, they got a target on their back. That's the biggest challenge that he didn't have last year. I mean, it just makes it tougher when I mean, you're suddenly everybody's homecoming up. Uh, team every week. Um, so, you know, it is a tougher job for him, Les. I agree. And, uh, I think he's going to have to, he's still a very young coach, you know, um, I would really love to talk to Andy Reid about this sometime. I I still have contact with Andy, but I don't think he's going to want to sit down with me in any kind of depth at this moment. But uh, he would have some good insights in this because the first time he went to the Super Bowl, he was still a very young coach comparatively. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he learned a lot from that. And now with Kansas City, he has won two Super Bowls uh, in, in a very short period of time. He's been in three. And, you know, he's made big changes in his yeah. team. Yeah. The way he's run his offense has changed uh, from, you know, whether he had uh, Tyreek Hill or didn't have Tyreek Hill. You know, there's a lot of things you can do. But for Nick, this is uh, this is graduate uh, level study, yeah. I think, uh, for a young coach. And and I hope he has the kind of people around him. You know, we did have a little bit of a brain drain with uh, Gannon and, and Steichen both gone. I hope he has the people around him who can kind of help guide him through this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've been high on Brian Johnson since he came, since they hired him out of, out of uh, the University of Florida. I mean, I just think he's a really smart guy. Uh, yeah, he was he was he was a dual threat quarterback at Utah, all Mountain West, uh, same kind of guy as as Jalen, and and so I mean I think that that's one of the reasons they identify so well with each other, besides the fact that they've known each other since Jalen was what four. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, so I'm, I think having him is like you know it is like having a, I mean Steichen was was. Was uh, I, I think if they're if they're suffering anywhere, it's and I don't want I don't know Alex Tanny very well, but he, the new quarterbacks coaches yeah. is a guy that's got to prove himself. I, I don't think Brian has to prove himself as the coordinator. I think he'll be fine. He had coordinator experience at three different places in college uh, at Utah, at Houston, and and then again at, at his last stop at Florida. So, um, you know, but. You're, you know, you mentioned Andy, uh, Les. You know, it's funny. You go back to before he took the Eagles job. I mean, he was basically a short passing game coach. You know, the West Coast offense. Uh, when you look at how he's evolved as a play caller and as a schemer, it's just, it's just, it's just unbelievable. I mean, the people that had him, you know, in a box early in his career that thought this was what he was, you know. I mean, Andy's just fooled them all. I mean, he's now he's a lock for the Hall of Fame, and and 
you know, he'll, he'll probably coach as long as Patrick Mahomes can, can lift his arm. Uh, so God knows how many more Super Bowls they'll have before that happens. But, and the same, I mean, so like, like him, Nick has to evolve too. Yes. But I, I, with Andy, I think about the most searing loss that I've covered as an Eagles beat writer was not so much Super Bowl 39, but it was that 2002 season, uh, the, the NFC championship game against Tampa. Today's Andy Reid would not lose that game. No, uh, you know, he, he that was the one that I really put on Andy. And that was, uh, you know, that I think that was a great shot to win the championship that year. They really had to beat a bad Raiders team, frankly, in the Super Bowl to to, yeah. win, to win it all. And, uh, you know, that's been that history is well tried. But I do think about that when I think about how Andy has changed as a head coach and, yeah. and the things that he does better now than he did back then. And, you know, it's uh, I know there are people in Philly who are a little bitter. I'm not, you know, but he he had to learn from his mistakes here. And he did. And, yeah. uh, you know, what a remarkable career he's really had. Uh, yeah. I had some other things here that I wanted to run past you. Uh, one is this is kind of silly, but uh, it got my attention. So I'm watching the Sixers lose game seven. And it's really a terrible uh, thing for Philadelphia, you know. People are just crestfallen. It's uh, 10 years of trying to get a team together that can get out of the second round. And they had a 3-2 lead in the series and they lost. And Devontae Smith of the Eagles is a Celtics fan. And I guess game one, he had had some things to say and people had really come back at him. So he goes on Twitter after game seven and is like, you know, giving it to Sixers fans. And I, there's nothing horrible about that. Obviously, he's allowed to do whatever he wants. He's allowed to root for whoever he wants. But, you know, this is a guy that uh, say said he wants to play his whole career here. If you want to be a career Philadelphia guy, to me, you don't want to be on social media tweaking Philadelphians and, and saying, you know, you people are, you know, this or that. Yeah, that's yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> Not good. Not the way to do it. <laughs> No, I agree. Uh, that's kind of it. Was kind of a strange uh, thing, uh, you know. It's all fine and good if he wants to be a Celtics fan, but yeah. you don't want to like, uh, pour it on on your, the hometown team. Um, you know, he'll live and learn. <laughs> I hope so. He's a pretty smart guy, and he he yeah. has learned from almost everything that's happened. And I kind of hope he learns from that. We that's have yet well. another ad coming up here, Damo. So let's do that. Cool. And I'll bring you back, and eventually I'll let you go here. Uh, you are rolling and go. Grandchildren to take care of and, and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, uh, let's go to the video ad, and uh, we'll return. Hey, Birds fans. The NFL schedule has arrived, and Philly Sports Trips has all the details now. Visit the site phillysportstrips.com. This is sure to be an epic season. Be sure to go there now to make sure that you don't get shut out. Join us in Tampa, LA, Seattle, or when we get revenge in Kansas City. Don't want to fly? No problem. Gather up your crew and hop aboard one of our signature boisterous bus trips to DC or New York. Sign up now and make sure to mention A2D. Don't miss out on the best Philly fan experience anywhere. Philly sports trip customers always stay at the best hotels and meet NFL legends. Book today Hey. All righty, we are back. And I know Molly, 
The Molly Pitcher rest stop was not listed on that sports trips. I, I can't understand it. I mean, <laughs> there's a Starbucks next door. I mean, it's just a, a wonderful place to stop. When I, you're I, yes, I think of you every time there's a the, the, they played the the last two years that they played the Giants up there, and it's been a late game or a night game, and I think of those. Roy Rogers burgers we used to eat at two in the morning or three in the morning. That's that's really a, a whole thing into itself. I mean, it's an atmosphere. I, I think Tom Waits would you expect to see him sitting there? You know, uh, it's uh, it's quite a place at two in the morning on a on a Monday, and uh, I hope uh, other people get to experience it as, as well as we do. We can we can bequeath that to the younger writers, Damo. Our Appreciate arteries it. having already suffered from damage from from these meals uh yeah. you know we can we can let ej and and those guys uh jeff they can they can step into the breach for us for a while yeah hey something else here uh i don't know if you saw it but you know one of the big topics of concern around the draft was jalen jalen carter and his conditioning and his you know his focus and all that stuff uh everyone knows he was tangentially involved in a terrible accident uh, when Georgia was celebrating its national championship. He was apparently allegedly drag racing uh, with a staffer uh, who had two players in her car and she wrecked and, and the staffer and one of the players was killed. Uh, you know, Jalen obviously didn't cause them to wreck, but it was not a great look for him. Then he showed up for his pro day, very out of shape. It seemed like perhaps this whole situation was weighing on him a great bit. There's a civil suit now. So, you know, there's a human uh, off the field kind of component to this that we certainly don't want to minimize at all. Um, you know, I really hope that he's okay and he's learning from these experiences and that we're not going to see anything like that in Philly. But on the on-field side of it, I did see yesterday a video that the Eagles had put out of him doing a cone drill. He looked svelte. He looked quick. He, he looked great. Uh, you know, it was a very short video, but uh, and I didn't get to, you know, in my new role as a retiree, I didn't get to run up to him and say, hey, you know, what, <laughs> how you doing? But uh, I don't think anybody did. I don't think any media was down there. But, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on, on Carter and uh, – you know, do you have any misgivings about that pick at all? No, not especially not at number nine. Unless uh, you had asked me uh, before the draft started, I think you texted me and asked who I thought they would take, and and I said if, if Carter falls and 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 all they got to do is move up one spot, which is what happened, uh, they they should take him. And you know, I mean, as it's been pointed out. You know, I mean, they Ringo, the the guy they took in the fourth round, the other Georgia uh, that you know they now have five Georgia players, uh, mm -hmm. also has some uh, issues, which is why he dropped. One of the reasons, but they feel they've got the locker room to deal with these guys, so that they'll grow up there, they'll mature. Um, you know, I mean, it, I know people took him off the board or downgraded him. You know, some other teams. But, I mean, the Eagles felt he was just too good a player to pass up. And I agree. I mean, him and Jordan Davis, you know, both Jordan – you know, th these are the two guys, the two guys, anchors of of, yeah. of a national championship line in Georgia. 
both just have freakish athleticism that I think is, you know, they're, they're just going to be awesome in the middle, I think, for that team. Uh, and it's all about, even though they've got a new defensive coordinator, it's, it's, it's all about the front four and all about the pass rush. And I think both those guys are going to be uh, uh, dominating players. So, I, yeah, I, I had no problem with them taking them. All right. Well, speaking of those new coordinators, let's talk about that a little bit. I think that's a pretty big deal. You know, everybody talks about defense, and that's where most of the personnel changes are, and that's where you maybe expect to see. You'd, you'd love to see, as a fan, you'd love to see uh, a, a more adaptable defense, a defense that can react more, better yeah, to, yeah. to what's going on so that Andy Dalton isn't like 14 for 14, you know, uh, or that, uh, you know, they can get off the field in the second half of the Super Bowl once. Yeah perhaps. Uh, what do you think of Sean Desai? And, and you know, we've, he's done one public thing. He talked about wanting people to feel the Eagles defense. And I think that's the, that was the sound bite that most people took away from it. What did you think? And, and where do you think they're headed there? I mean, I was a little bit surprised. Yeah, everybody expected it to be the DB coach. Uh, mm-hmm. Seemed like it was, you know, I mean, both moves seemed automatic. Brian Johnson take becoming the offensive coordinator and, uh, Another name who's escapes me, but their DB coach uh, taking Wilson. to become, yeah, uh, Wilson becoming the uh, the the defensive coordinator. That didn't happen. It made it was pretty obvious right away when they started interviewing people that that something was yeah. up. Uh, you know, I mean, everybody I've talked to about to say has spoken of him uh, highly. Uh, you know, he was brought into the league uh, in 2013, I think, by Mark Tressman. But I mean, he's a Vic Fangio guy. I mean, that's 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 a pretty good guy to be a disciple of. Um, you know, he, he did a good job in Seattle uh, working for Pete Carroll. So, you know, I mean, I don't think we're going to see anything terribly different. Um, he, you know, see, both Seattle and Fangio, when, wherever Fangio's been, don't blitz very much. So we're looking at a, a front four that's going to use their, you know, their front four to, and, and very little else. Um so, uh, but I like the higher list. I, I, you know, I thought, you know, I mean, I'm a big, you know, I, I know Fangio pretty well. We go back to uh, the Philadelphia Stars back in 1984 with him when, when I first met him and have known him for, God, nearly 40 years. So, I mean, he's one of the best defensive coaches that, that's, you know, yeah. in the past 20-some years. So, uh, and this guy has kind of studied from him and learn from him. So I think they're in pretty good shape, assuming the players play the way, you know, you would expect them to. I mean, I, I have some concerns about how much Darius Slay has left. I mean, he's 32, didn't play particularly well in the second half of the season after a pretty good first half. Um, Well, he got banged up, but again, that's what happens when you're 32. It's not like he's be super healthy this year, but you know, because he's a year older, you know, Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's but that's I'm why I play back just uh, as a writer, you know. Yeah, assuming I that's still get to do that here and there. Uh, that's you know, it, James, James Bradbury back was such a big thing because, yeah. uh, I mean, you couldn't not have him, and then if Slay something happens again to him, you know, suddenly a Super Bowl right. team is going downhill. Yeah, 
Yeah, they again managed not to draft a corner. <laughs> it's been like every year, I, you know, for a year there, they had me fooled. There were several years when I would forecast a corner as they definitely have to get one in the first two rounds that'll happen this year. This year, I just like, nah, they're not going to do that, you know, but, uh, and there were good reasons not to, but uh, they've got to kind of get that. Uh, at some point, there's got to be a real changing of the guard there at corner, and it's a pretty important spot. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd love to know what they think in private about that. Now, the offensive coordinator, you like him a lot. I like him a lot. I don't know him very well at all. But uh, the fact that he has such a deep relationship with Jalen Hurts and has come up so fast through the coaching ranks and is, you know, very well regarded everywhere I've ever seen, certainly, you know, reassures me quite a bit. The, the element of this, though, that I have some concern about is play calling because when Nick first – started coaching the Eagles. He called the plays and it didn't go particularly well. And he gave it to Shane Steichen and it went way better. And uh, I don't know about Brian Johnson and play calling. I don't know if, you know, what his comfort level is there, what his skill level is. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that all works out. And uh, as you said, they're, they're going to have to mix things up more this year because teams know what they would want to do yeah. more than they did last year before teams had really seen AJ Brown and the Eagles offense and, and so forth. Uh, do you have any feel for that at all? Do you have any thoughts about that? Well, the, the, you know, like I, we had talked about earlier, I mean, he had been an offensive coordinator at three different places in college so he's got play calling experience, uh, a lot of it. Uh, obviously, college, you know, is not the NFL, and that's you know, I mean, defense. He's gonna defenses are gonna, yeah. He's 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 gonna have to outthink some of the the, the smartest defensive coordinators on the face of the earth. So, um, but I, you know, I'm fairly confident that if if there are some rough patches early, that that he'll pretty much, especially with Nick, uh, with Nick's assistance, that it won't be a a problem. I mean, there's some guys I might worry about uh, stepping into this situation. Johnson doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to struggle very much, especially, you know, you had mentioned his relationship with Jalen. I mean, he and the quarterback are on the same page. So, I mean, he's probably, they're probably going to get a lot of input from Jalen too, in the, as far as the play calling, uh, which is going to help. Absolutely. Okay. Well, Domo, I'm about ready to let you go here. I know you have a busy afternoon there at Domowich Manor in, uh, in lovely Marlton. Uh, best yeah, to your that's a British mystery, uh, Les. Yeah, that, that's just something, you know, we can we can explore this on a future episode. Uh, Domo and I are big uh, British mystery fans. Uh, we, we On uh, Amazon Prime, there's, there's a lot of different Brit box, uh, all that stuff. So we we text all the time about the tower has started up again, Domo. I don't know if you you checked that out, but uh, there's only one episode up so far. But that looks pretty promising of this new season of the tower. So okay, keep that in and mind. You know, also, for all of our fans who are who are huge British mystery uh, people as we are, uh, you know, I recommend that show. And I don't know if uh, you know this, but because uh, I think you're the one that first turned me on to Grace, but uh, season three is uh, is on there. Yes, yes. Uh, it, it's been the writing has been up and down on that. I, I've, yeah. you know, 
but I love the the main character, and uh, I think it's a good show, certainly. I so, <laughs> take care of yourself out there. Uh, best to your grandson and your wife and everybody. And uh, thanks for coming on. And we got to do dinner real soon. Yes, indeed. We certainly do. You take care. You take care, Damo. So that was Paul Domowich. Uh, Damo and I spent many years on the road together. Uh, often we'd go to dinner, like on Saturday. Usually with the NFL, the game's on Sunday. You fly in on Saturday. You go somewhere to dinner Saturday night. And we'd often stay in the same hotel, not in the same room, not that kind of relationship. But uh, we would meet in the lobby for dinner. And Damo is one of these very, very organized, very efficient, uh, punctilious people. So Damo would be down in the lobby five to ten minutes before we were supposed to meet. Me, I'm thinking, you know, I can get a run in. I can take a shower. I can check my email. I can, uh, you know, look up ahead, look through some notes for tomorrow. Uh, you know, it. Oh, yeah, I've got to go downstairs, don't I? So I would be like at least five minutes late most of the time. And Dama was very uh, understanding of this over the years. But it was sort of an Oscar and Felix type of thing where he'd be down there sort of pacing around like, there you are. And then we go to dinner. So, yeah. Um, what else do I need to talk about today? Uh, Eagles wise, it's mid-May. There's nothing that pressing. Uh, I did want to sort of reiterate that this in the future will be a space to talk about the Eagles, to analyze developments, uh, with once a week at, at this time, I hope, uh, on Thursdays and I will have guests. I have not lined up next week's guest yet. So if you have anybody like really cool in mind, let me know and I'll, you know, reach out to them. I think probably Ted Lasso isn't going to happen, but, uh, you know, anything else, uh, we'll, we'll give it a good try. We, you know, it's uh, probably people are going to line up to be on this show, frankly. Uh, now that you've seen it, you know, you know what a juggernaut it really is. Uh, and I am going to try to venture into other things uh, here and there. And uh, there are a lot of people I know in Philadelphia sports who maybe aren't quite as connected to the Eagles, but have interesting stories to tell and, and things to say. And, you know, we'll. We'll jump into that as well here and there. Um, your comments and questions, uh, you can email me at lbbowen3 at gmail.com. Uh, people you'd like to see on the show, topics you'd like to see addressed on the show, um, questions you might have that I can talk about on the show. That'd be cool, too. That's about all I have to say today. And uh, I really, again, appreciate A2D Radio for giving me this platform. And I hope to do a better job with it as we go along and be less uh, fumble-fingered with the settings. I got on late today because we couldn't figure out. I bought this fancy microphone. And the microphone works, but it the speaker setting for the microphone somehow didn't work. And so they couldn't hear me. I, I could hear them. And then they then the vice versa for a while. And it was, it was quite a thing. We didn't have any young techie people here at my house to, uh, to guide me through this. So eventually I made my way through the right settings and, and got it all straightened out. Uh, so maybe next week we won't have that and we'll be on time 
which if Damo's watching next week, he'll find as quite a shock knowing me as he does. Until then, I'm Les Bowen. This was Bowen on the Birds. Thanks for everyone who watched and listened and take care.